Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. Welcome to Emotional Management. Listen, I want you to hear something. I really want you to listen to this now. That was a little bit of a ukulele. And you might be saying to yourself, Dr. Conti, I didn't know you could play ukulele. And I didn't know that you could play on on the air. But here's the reason why I opened my show with playing the ukulele. I want to talk to you about achieving your dreams in life. I do not have musical talent, as you might have been able to tell, just by my opening strumming of the ukulele. But I can promise you when I was young, no one would have ever believed that I could actually play music live on the air on the radio. But I just did. Dreams come true. Actually, only my grandma, Jay, who passed away in 1995, December 2nd, 1995, believed that I had the musical talent to pursue whatever I wanted. And I loved how much my grandma believed in me. Look, I may not have had a musical career that panned out, although I did just play live on the radio, but I have pursued my dreams with alacrity. Alacrity means a quick willingness. I have pursued what I've wanted to do in life. And I'm blessed to be able to impact people on a daily basis. I feel very grateful for the position I'm in in life. And maybe you have people in your life where you wanna motivate those people to pursue their dreams. Maybe you want to pursue your dreams, but something's holding you back emotionally. Something's holding you back mentally from pursuing everything you wanna pursue in life. And the truth is, you are only limited by your own mind. You are only limited by what you're willing to put into whatever you want to do with your life. So if you are struggling with motivation around something in life, or maybe you are uh, struggling with trying to get someone you love tremendously to be motivated to pursue his or her dreams, give me a call. Be a part of the show. The number is 866-391-1020, or you can email me on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. I love, I'm really excited, and uh, when I thought about this today, I said, you know what, I'm going to play a little bit of ukulele on the radio so I can technically have played music on the air. That's a dream come true for me right there. So if you want to buy that album, it's not out. I promise you that. Uh, my, our daughter, uh, my wife and I, we, uh, you know, we've, we've had her on the show here too before. Our daughter Kaya is tremendously talented. She's actually starring in a musical coming up, uh, and she is phenomenal, phenomenal music ta- musical talent, and she does a lot of different instruments. So I thought when she was playing uh, different instruments, I thought, well, you know what? 
I'd like to play with her. I'd like to spend that quality time with her. So the ukulele seemed to be the least amount of strings for me to learn. So I got a ukulele to start to learn to play with her. And that's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun pursuing that. But for me personally, what I have pursued throughout my entire career is impacting people. I've had a passion. Since I was young, I was never really afraid to stand up and speak in front of people. I was never really hesitant. I have uh, parents who always pushed me to uh, put myself out there and stand up in front of people and talk. And I'm actually a professional speaker. I go all over the country and speak. I was in Las Vegas this past week, and I was talking to educators and it was a, it was a wonderful conference. It was a wonderful, wonderful conference. I actually opened up the conference. Um, we, I did a four hour seminar on what's called yield theory. This is a theory that I've created. My book will be out later this year called walking through anger. But this theory that I created, this is my passion. This is my dream that I want to share with the world. And it's happening. It's happening uh, on a state level. It's happening on a national level. And it's happening now on a worldwide level. And I'm, I'm beyond grateful. And I'm so inspired to share that. And I kind of want to reach through the airwaves to you to have you feel that inspiration to say, if you want to pursue something, there's a path for you to pursue it. And something's blocking you because let's face it, anything you're pursuing there is a mental component to it. There's an emotional component to it. And if something's blocking you, I want you to give me a call so we can talk about it and talk through it. Because I was out in uh, in Vegas this past week and I was speaking and I st- so I opened up with a story like this. I said, there was a professor and he went to see a Zen master. And uh, the professor was asking the Zen master a bunch of questions. And he said, you know, tell me this, tell me that, tell me this, tell me that. Well, the Zen master was pouring him some tea and the tea started to overflow. So the professor said, whoa, 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 the tea's overflowing. And the Zen master said, your mind is kind of like that cup. As long as, it's, as long as it's filled up, you can't put anything else in it. And if you really want to learn, if you really want to understand, you're going to have to empty your cup. Now, that's a story I've heard a lot in my life. That's a story I've told many times in my life. But a few years ago, I was in my library, and I, was, I picked up a book on... Zen and storytelling. And I, I came across that story and I was about to pass over it. I was about to just flip through it and say, you know, I know this story inside and out and backwards. I've, I've told this story for many years to students in classes and speeches. So I thought, well, I'm just going to skip over this story. And in that moment, all of a sudden it hit me on a totally different level that my cup was full in that moment. My cup was full and I had to truly empty my cup. Ego is the biggest inhibitor to us having any kind of peace in our lives because ego gets in the way. We need to be right about things. We convince ourselves that we can't do certain things. So ego gets in the way and ego is really like that cup being so full. And one of the things we need to do is learn to empty that cup. So even though I heard that story many times, I had to rehear it again. There will be things on this show tonight and, and during the weeks on this show where you say, well, I've heard that concept or I know that already, but there's a difference between knowing something and truly living it. There's also a difference between the first time you hear information or just having a little kind of a, a, a cursory understanding of information and having a an in-depth understanding of a topic. And the more you spend time on a subject, the more in-depth knowledge you have of it. So when you think about these stories, when you hear this stuff tonight, I want you to really, really sit with it, but I really want you to be a part of the show. So look, 
let's say you have someone, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a grandchild, and you say, I want them to pursue their dreams, and something's holding them back. Well, give me a call. Let's figure out what's holding them back, and let's figure out what we can do to help them pursue their dreams. Because I'm literally living my dreams right now in terms of my career, my family life. I feel like I am living out my dreams, and I want to share that with you. I want to share that inspiration with you. The number is 866-391-1020 if you want to call in. If you feel nervous about being on the show, you can make up a name. You can be anonymous. Uh, but 866-391-1020 is a number. Or you can email me on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Listen, this is the show where dreams come true. I got to drop my first musical experience on the radio live tonight. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Oh, here we go. This is emotional management. I might start doing my own lead-in music from now on. I might bring that ukulele in and uh, record some stuff. That way I can always always have my uh, intro right, right there. Look, this is emotional management. This is the show where you can call in and ask me about anything that you're going through. Tonight, I thought I'd throw out a theme, but you don't have to stick with that theme. If you have something going on, please feel free to call in about anything that you're dealing with. It could be absolutely anything, but if you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. And of course, you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. Look, when it comes to emotional management. When it comes to trying to manage our emotions, it can be difficult. Let's say you want to pursue something. Let's say you're trying to pursue your dreams. Oftentimes people get held up by something emotional, mental. They say, well, so I always talk about the difference between what I call the cartoon world, which is the world of shoulds. This is how the world should be. And then the real world, how the world actually is. As long as you align your expectations with the cartoon world, you're going to be let down because let's face it, the world is what the world is. But the more you can align your expectations with reality, the more prepared you'll be for the world in which you actually live. Young people might say, look, they say, I want to do this with my life. I want to do that with my life. Um, When I was young, I would encounter people at times, I actually remember, it was funny, I was in psychology, I majored in psychology, and uh, obviously I've pursued that path, And but when I had, I had an advisor once who said, look, you don't want to be in psychology, you can't do anything with psychology. I had, an, I had an advisor in college tell me that I can't do anything with psychology. So I, you know, I encountered naysayers, and that's just one tiny experience. I met a lot of people throughout my career who would say, You can't do this. You can't do that. And people are quick to tell you what you cannot do, especially people who have not done it. When people haven't trod that path, I'll say, look, you can't do this. That's not possible. And what they're really saying is, I wasn't able to do it. I wasn't able to go down that path. But the fact of the matter is you can, and this is beautiful about motivation. You can pursue any path you want. You can achieve whatever you want. Now, look, just because just saying you can achieve anything you want isn't going to make it happen. I can, I can hear all my realists out there saying, look, no, just because somebody wants it doesn't mean it's going to happen. And I say, you're absolutely right. Just because you want it doesn't mean it's going to happen. 
But here's what can happen. If you want something badly enough, you're going to work toward it. You're going to work toward it. See, it doesn't mean that you have to uh, say, well, right now I can't do it. Okay, right now you can't do it, but that doesn't mean that you won't be able to with hard work. So day in, day out. I remember I was counseling a young person one time, a mother and her son, and the son came in and he said, she said, all he wants to do is be a skateboarder. That's what he wants to do, be a skateboarder. It's, he's never going to be a skateboarder. So she and her son, they had, they were at odds. They were really arguing about this. So I said to the young man, I said, what is it you'd like to do? He said, I want to be a professional skateboarder. I said, awesome. Well, you can do that. You can be a professional skateboarder. And the mother kind of got like her jaw dropped. And she said, I brought him here so you could talk sense into him. She said, he can't be a professional skateboarder. I said, hold on a second. Before we tell him what we can't do, I believe you can. So the son kind of put his shoulders back and his eyes, he perked up a bit and he said, oh, I can be a professional skateboarder. I said, yes, absolutely. Now look, what would it take for you to be a professional skateboarder? Well, I got to practice. Awesome. How often do you think you have to practice to be that good, to get sponsored, to be out there and to be getting paid to skateboard? How often do you think you have to do it? And he said, I guess I would have to do it pretty frequently. I said, my guess is you'd probably have to do it seven days a week. Now, how many hours a day do you think you'd have to do it? He's like, hours a day. Yes. If you're thinking about being a professional skateboarder, you're going to want to do it for hours a day, every day, seven days a week, every season, because your competition isn't just the few children in your neighborhood. Your competition to get sponsored isn't just the people in your area or your region. It's people all over the world. Now, as soon as someone hears that, they can get discouraged and say, well, then, oh, maybe it's too big. But what I said to him is, listen, I'm not telling you this to be discouraged. I'm actually telling you this to encourage you. Once you understand what you're up against, now you can go get it. And it is possible, but it's going to require work. It's going to require you putting effort in even when you don't want to put effort in. And this is where emotional management comes into play because we don't always wake up feeling motivated. We don't always wake up feeling like, oh man, I feel great. I'm ready to go get it today. We don't. It's not about feeling great. It's about setting your mind to something, making a goal and setting your mind to that goal. Now, look, I'm not saying that you can be perfect in all areas of life. We're body, mind, and spirit beings. And it's wonderful if we could work on that balance every day. If we could put some effort toward our body, some effort toward our mind, and some effort toward our spirit every day, that would be wonderful. That'd be a great balance. But even if we can't do that, we can certainly put effort toward what it is that we want to achieve. So anything you're pursuing, you want to make it clear. Look, one of the most researched topics in the field of psychology is uh, goal and achieving goals. And one of the things that people have found is that clear goals are much more likely to be met than unclear goals. So if you say, hey, I'd love to lose weight someday, that's probably not going to happen. But if you say, I plan to run on the treadmill for 20 minutes a day, four days a week, now you have a plan. Now that clear plan is much more likely to be met. Let's go back to the young man who wanted to be a professional skateboarder. I said, look, you have the potential to do this. And the only thing that will get in the way is whether or not you're going to put the effort in to get what you want. So there's a difference between just saying, I want something and actually showing it with your actions. 
oftentimes people just say it. Look, I would love that. Look, there's a great show on uh, television right now called American Idol. And these uh, young people, they will sing and they are trying to be a star. They're trying to win, be the next American Idol. And it's very interesting to watch this show just to watch people's reactions. You can learn a lot psychologically about people based on their reactions. If they get feedback from the judges, are they accepting of that feedback? Are they looking to grow? Or do they get that feedback and get defensive? And, and do they say, no, this is how you should have heard what I did. This is what, look, I was sick today, so you should understand that I was sick today. But at the end of the day, when you're pursuing whatever you're pursuing in life, one of the most beautiful and profound truths is this. People see your actions, not your intentions. It doesn't matter how badly you want something. It matters how much you actively pursue that thing. So whatever it is that you want, your actions will determine whether or not you really want to pursue it. I, um, I heard a, a reaction on there and where they were talking about uh, an American Idol where a young person was like, well, I, well, I really want it though. You don't understand how much I want it. And, and what I think that what I wish I could have pulled that young person aside and said, look, it honestly, you're, you matter tremendously. You matter. But how badly you want something doesn't matter. What matters is how much effort you put into it. And, and I really want to separate that. And I think that's so important for you to hear is that we separate who you are as a human being. You're enough. Who you are as a person, you're enough. You are always enough just for breathing. You're enough. Now, when it comes to what you're pursuing, there's always room to do more. Look, you can never eat enough meals where you say, well, that's it. I'm done eating. I don't need any more meals. Well, tomorrow you're going to wake up hungry. I don't care how, what kind of great meal you had today. Tomorrow you're going to wake up hungry. And the same is true when it comes to motivation. No matter what you've done, whatever you've worked on, tomorrow you wake up and you're going to work on it more. When it comes to pursuing what you want to pursue in life, it takes dedication. It takes self-discipline. It takes being able to say, look, I want this more than I want the comfort, more than I want sleep. Uh, you know, I, I don't sleep a lot. I write every single day. I meditate every day. I work very, very hard, and I've worked very hard for a very long period of time. And a lot of times people will say, well, I would like to just have that. Well, okay, you'd like the res end result. But are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to put in the effort? And I've seen time and again, so many young people put in effort for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and say, well, now I should have X, Y, and Z. And what I really want to reach in your heart and teach you and share with you is this. You can have whatever you want, but you've got to put the effort in long term. If you want to inspire someone or you want to be inspired, the number is 866-391-1020. I'd love to talk to you. 866-391-1020. Or even tell me about some of the things you've done to help motivate others. Email is kdkradio.com and you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is emotional management. It's unbelievable that I was able to play the ukulele on on the air tonight. So, listen, we have a wonderful question here. I love this question. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. And, of course, you can email on the dollar bank instant access at kdkradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line line. Mike from Midland writes, fantastic show. Thanks, Mike. I have a question. I'm turning 30 this summer and hitting the point in my life where I think 
that I was taking on uh, more of a cartoon interpretation of reality. Do you think 30 is too late to take on and start a new career? Love, love, love this question, Mike. And listen, if I could reach through the radio airwaves into your heart and say, listen, no, not even a little bit is 30 too old. My goodness, I changed my entire career around at age 38. I was a tenured professor. I got tenure at the University of Nevada in Reno. I had a job for life and I ran a mental health organization. Um, I was the clinical director. We had several offices um, throughout Nevada. And I also co-founded a center for people convicted of violent crimes in South Lake Tahoe. So I had a really uh, a kind of a just a beautiful, blessed career. I was doing a lot of different things, but I was traveling a lot. I was gone away from home a lot. And so my wife and I sat down one day and decided, like, what is it that we really want to do? And we were out west and we're both um, from Pittsburgh. So we decided, look, we'd both like to come back home and, uh, you know, have our daughter grow up around family. So I kind of gave up everything at age 38, dropped everything. We moved back home and I started my career from scratch. And you know what? I, it was the best possible thing I could have ever done. I'm so grateful. I feel so blessed to be in the career that I have. And that never would have happened without risk. So I do not think in any way, shape, or form 30 is too old. I want to tell you I had a doctoral student out west who was a retired police officer who was pursuing a second career in his 60s uh, to be a uh, a counselor, and he was pursuing his PhD. He was getting his master's degree, and I talked him into getting his uh, doctorate. And what an incredible story. I mean, he had an entire career. He retired from that and then started a whole different career, something that he loves and he does really well. And he's doing that even today. And he's thriving in that career. I think that we get so caught up in, I like the way you even phrase it, getting caught up in that cartoon world. And the reason why I love that you phrase it that way is the cartoon world isn't wrong or bad. This is something we are all in from time to time. All of us, we all at times believe this is how the world should be. This is what people should be thinking. This is how people should be reacting. I had to laugh. So I do, uh, I do YouTube videos and uh, my YouTube channel, you just go to YouTube and you type in Dr. Christian Conte, C-O-N-T-E, and you'll see my channel. You'll see the different videos I put out. And when you throw yourself out there in public, it's funny because you're going to get I mean, so many different reactions, so many different reactions. And a lot of times I just get like the most humbling, incredible feedback. I get some of the most kind comments. I'm so grateful. I've heard from people all over the world sending out just, and then so I want to be clear, the vast, vast majority of things that I hear from people are gratitude and are kindness and compassionate. So they're beautiful, beautiful things. But every once in a while, you know, you definitely get anytime you put yourself out there at a bigger scale, you're going to hear the negative. And they're almost comical because I had someone 
it was just today I was looking at some of the comments and someone told me how I should have said the video completely differently. I should have done this. I should. Have. So basically the person watched a video that was made for free and given them to them for free this information and then decided that it wasn't exactly the way uh, he or she wanted the video to be. And now I say he or she because the reality is that most people who comment negatively on YouTube are people who do so from an anonymous perspective, an anonymous count they might have an eggshell for what their 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 picture is and just have a kind of just a numbers for a name or something like that and people who make videos it's really interesting because people who make videos are not very critical of people who make other people who make videos because they understand what goes into it but people who don't do it they're not they don't understand what goes into it they just are feel very entitled to live in that cartoon world this is what you should have said this is what you should have done now I deviate and say all of that Mike because I say that we all at times get in our cartoon world we all demand that people be the way we think they should be and sometimes we demand it of ourselves I should have already pursued this career. So let's say you're thinking in your own mind, you're thinking, well, I should have done this by now, or I should have done that. Well, what I would invite you to do is try to stop that should, try to stop that train of thought, and instead come back to, I'm here for a reason. Whatever happened in my life, one thing led to another in the story of my life. And now here I am in this moment. And the question is, what will I do from this moment forward? So Mike, that's what I'm asking you. What will you do from this moment forward? Now, shifting gears isn't always easy. And I want to be really clear about that because when we align our expectations with the cartoon world, when we change a career, we say, it should be really smooth. It should be really easy. And oftentimes you'll hear people who have already become successful talk about how, yes, I took this risk and now I became successful. But you don't often hear about it when people are in the midst of their struggles. But please, to be accurate in the real world, there are struggles when you shift what you're doing. And that's okay. Struggles make us stronger. Look, conflict is necessary for growth. And I will come back to the most basic analogy of a butterfly coming out of that cocoon. They need to break free of that and they need to struggle because if you just rip that open for them, now they don't have the strength in those wings. And that might seem like an overplayed analogy, but it's so true and that's probably why it's overplayed. We need to go through conflict. We need to go through conflict. And, uh, you know, let's think about this in terms of your 30 right now. So let's say you, whatever your path is, it's going to take you back to school. Let's even say it's a four-year degree that you're going to go back for. Now, in four years, you're going to be 34. So the question is, when you're 34, will you like where you are if you haven't changed what you're doing, or would you like it better if you would have completed, let's say, a four-year degree? Because those four years will inevitably come. Those are absolutely coming, those four years. So the question is, for you, what will you do in those four years? Now, not just for Mike, but for all of you out there, for all of you out there, think about this. Today is Monday. 
Tomorrow is Tuesday. Tomorrow will be here. The sun will come up tomorrow. Now, what will you do today that will put you in the position you want to be in tomorrow? And the same is true for a year from now. What will you do? Look, I spent the last several months um, writing this book that I'm so excited for it to come out later on this year. It's my it's my legacy book. It's on yield theory. It's called Walking Through Anger. I can't wait for it to come out. But because I spent so much time writing, I put on some weight and now I'm in the process of saying, I got to get back in shape. And one of the great things my wife says to me all the time is, let's not look at it as you have to lose whatever weight you want to lose today. Just think about it over time. Today, you just want to take care of today, but be mindful that the future is coming. So the way you eat, the way you exercise is planning ahead for your future self. Mike, I believe at 30, you can absolutely do anything you want with your life. I was inspired, my dad actually was an English professor, English literature uh, professor, and he switched his career up after 14 or 15 years being an English professor and then taught earth science for the rest of his career, 40 some 40 years uh, being a professor. So being able to see that role model that things can change at that late of a date and you can have a beautiful career. Like I said, it's absolutely possible, Mike. Love your question. Appreciate it so much. Um, appreciate your comments about the show. I think you can do whatever you want. Just make the goals super crystal clear. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email on a dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. This is a show where we manage your emotions. Hey, look, the number is 866-391-1020. You can email me on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text me like Mark did here at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. Mark writes... How do you let go of anger you have towards your mother who beat you when you were little? I get hit with uh, bouts of anger. I won't let it go and live a normal life. I hate her for what she did for me. Man, Mark, that's a powerful question. Um, Thank you so much for that question. Very, very powerful. Mark asks again, how do you let go of that anger towards your mother when she beat you when you were little? Um, Look, Uh, abuse is not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. And, um, so often people cross that line as a person who's, I specialize with people convicted of violent crimes. So I have dealt with, uh, violence and the outcomes of violence, uh, for 20 years. That's what I kind of specialize in. And I see, and it's awful. It just impacts people in ways that are really, really difficult. Here's what I can tell you, Mark, without knowing anything about you other than a name on a text message. Um, and you know, no last name, no where you are. I don't know anything about your mother. So I want you to know this comes from genuine experience. What I say is this, your mom, she did what she did the best she could with what she had in any given moment and her best, uh, was, it was not okay. It was not okay for what she did to you. That was never okay. And it might feel like, how could she have done her best if she beat me? That couldn't have been her best, but maybe that was her best in that moment. How many people out there 
aren't able to deal with their emotions? How many people out there just act impulsively and they hurt others impulsively? And all too often we believe, well, look, when we hurt people impulsively, we think, well, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to act like that. My guess is that she didn't set out to leave the lifelong scars that she left with you. But here's the most important message, Mark, I would love for you to hear. And that is this. You did not cause your mom to act the way you did, the way she did. You did not cause her to act the way she did. There was nothing that you did that warranted her beating you because beating someone is not okay. Now, people's uh, definition of, of beating, like anytime you start to talk about parenting, and I know this because I have a video with over a million hits on parenting, so I hear uh, more emails and more comments than I can possibly even read. But when I go through them and I see the things that people say, people get very heated very quickly around parenting. And it's so personal because, first of all, people's definition of beating someone is can be very different. My definition, if you use the word beating, is it's inappropriate and it is abuse. Um, there's a difference between spanking someone on the butt out of a place of self-control yourself and ang- being angry and screaming and, and hitting. Unfortunately, in my career, I've only watched people be angry and scream and hit and I'm not be in a place of control. And because of that, I certainly advocate for consistency and discipline, but not hitting. And that's because I see the damage that gets done. Um, I'm not saying that everyone's wrong or bad. Whoever does spank, what I'm saying is I wouldn't recommend it because all too often people don't do it from a place of control. They do it from a place of impulse and, and reaction and not recognizing that they're teaching a lesson. Look, parents do the best they can with what they have. They usually parent the way they've been parented. They usually parent based off what they've learned in their lives. And children suffer, like Mark, like you're suffering based off what your mom learned and what she did, what she was unable to control in herself. She took out on you. And if you had siblings, I'm guessing she took it out on them as well. And when people, when parents, the people who we trust the most in life to take care of us, you know, we're not coming into this world thinking we can handle this on our own. Like we come into this world very dependent. We are dependent creatures and we need our parents to take care of us. We need caretakers to raise us, uh, to get by, to survive in the world. And when the person who's supposed to take care of us hits us, beats us, abuses us, that's awful. And it leaves lifelong scars. Here's the reason why I say to you, Mark, though, that your mom did the best she could with what she had in every given moment, because you holding on to that anger carries that abuse into this present moment. You holding on to the anger and hatred you have toward her carries that pain into the future. So not only did it happen years ago to you, and not only did it cause you physical, mental, and emotional pain years ago, but by holding on to that hatred, it's actually still causing you pain. And I don't want to see you in pain anymore. And the only person with the keys for letting go of that hatred, you're the only one that can do it. You're the only one who can let go of that. So how do you do it? How do you let go? Well, one thing is to really reflect on what I've been saying, which is that even though it wasn't good and it wasn't helpful, it wasn't right and it wasn't acceptable, the truth is that your mother did the best she could with what she had in every given moment. She did what she could handle doing. Now, that wasn't right, but here's the thing. It wasn't 
toward you, it was because she had an inability to control herself and she wasn't able to really understand the impact she was having on you, a lifelong impact that she was having on you. Being able to forgive, being able to let go of something like that, it's extremely powerful, but it's understanding like on the deepest level that people really don't get it. They don't get it. When they hurt people, they hurt people because they don't understand what it is they're doing. You know, Anne Frank, Anne Frank wrote in her diary, she talked about how people in every situation that uh, there's, there's no one... She, she said, the things are just as bad as you yourself care to make them. That's a powerful statement. And Frank, in the worst, worst of human conditions, said, things are just as bad as you yourself care to make them. So for you, Mark, right now, it's going to be a battle to let go of some of that hatred because you want to free yourself. This is emotional management. Give me a call. We can talk about this stuff. 866-391-1020 is the number. KDKradio.com is the email. And 866-391-1020 is the text line. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti. Brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. This is emotional management. Oh, that does not sound on key right there, but I played live on the radio. Dreams do come true. See, people thought I would never play music live on the radio, but I just did. Anything is possible. I want you to know that. Listen, if you want to figure out what you can pursue and you need help, 866-391-1020 is the number. But I really just wanted to play live on the air for my daughter because I wanted to show her, look, your daddy can do anything. If that means playing live in the studio, well, that just happened, honey. All right, 866-391-1020 is the number. Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com. And you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Here's a question from the uh, Dollar Bank Instant Access. It says Paula says, hi, I liked your way of thinking. I have a question about my 12-year-old. I have asked her over and over to clean her room, but she just refused. She said she's not giving in. Please, can you help? Paula, thank you. What a great question. So you have a 12-year-old, and she says she's not giving in. And it sounds like you're giving her an option to not give in. And I think, listen, Paula, here's, here's the key. When it comes to parenting, here's the key. Our job as parents is to teach. So your job is to teach your daughter. And right now you're teaching her a couple things. You're teaching her about how you'll respond. You're teaching her about what it means to have a voice to say, no, I don't want to clean my room. But one thing I'm wondering if you're teaching her is this. Does she, Paula, really understand why she's cleaning her room? Let me tell you a little story. So years ago, I started off my career in the 1990s doing in-home therapy. So I would go into children's homes. I'd work with families and kids, do that kind of stuff. And uh, it was wonderful. I loved that experience. Got a chance to genuinely meet people where they were. Got a chance to see so many different backgrounds, see people like what's really going on in people's homes. And I really believe that set me up 
to be a much more effective therapist in the office and then down the road to what I do um, for my living because I really got to see different people's homes. So I was working with a young man who was 11 years old at the time. And, um, every, they would have a, they would have an inner agency meeting, uh, with, with, so I would work with this. I was with, with one particular agency and there would be an inner agency meeting where they would get together and they would talk about, you know, what are the goals? What are, what are the young people working on? So this young man and I, he was 11 years old at the time. So we sat down at this meeting and someone said to him, do you have a schedule? And he said, yes, on Mondays I clean my room. And, uh, and they said, oh, great. What do you get when you clean your room? And he looked at them and then he looked at me and then he looked back at them. He looked back at me and then he looked at them and said, a clean room. <laughs> like when you clean your room, you get a clean room. And they were blown away. And they said, well, how did he learn this? And I said, because here's what we did. We sat down, we looked at his room and we really sat back and said, right now, what would you like to do? Like if you could play anything, let's just close your eyes. Imagine this room was perfectly clean. What would you like to do? And he had these cars and he really wanted to play with these cars on the floor, but his room was so messy. So I said, all right, let's, let's try this out. Let's do a little experiment. Let's just clean this room so that we can clear off a space for these cars. So we just started working and working and working, clean that room up. So what we did was we got the room so clean that he was able to then spread out his cars. He looked at his room when the floor was completely clean. He had never seen it like that, he said. And he said, uh, wow, this is awesome. This is so much fun. I said, you're right. It's fun. This is fantastic. So every week I said to him when I would come over, I'd say, look, you're not cleaning your room for me. You're not cleaning your room for other people. You're cleaning your room because you want to have a clean room. Like the goal in parenting is to teach right now, Paula, I'm wondering, does your daughter truly understand why you would even want her to clean her room? Like what sense, what does it make? What sense does it make for a child? Why would they want to clean their room? So when you really teach them that, so I like the idea of questioning ourselves, like saying something like exactly verbatim. I'd say this, you can take this verbatim to her and you can say, honey, why do you think I would want you to clean your room? Like, why would I do that? Is it just to be mean? Like, is, am I, am I asking you this just to be mean? And then listen for her answer. Maybe she'll say, yes, you're being mean. And then instead of fighting that answer, really try to see the world from her eyes. And the more you see the world from her eyes, the more likely you are to understand what she's actually seeing. Let's come back to that concept about the real world and the cartoon world. In the cartoon world, we're thinking she should want to clean her room. She should understand that I'm trying to teach her something positive. Look, the real world is she doesn't understand that yet but that doesn't mean that she can't understand it. So if you focus on teaching and you focus on saying, let's, let me show you about this. Let me show you what you'll gain by having this room clean, because here's what happens. Children with no rules and no consequences. So if you just allowed her to just walk all over you and say, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, children with no rules and no consequences have the lowest self-esteem children with rules and consequences have higher self-esteem, but the children who have the highest self-esteem have rules, consequences, and explanations. In other words, Paula, you're going to tell her you have a choice. You can clean your room or not clean your room. If you choose not to, here's the consequence. And here's why I want to teach you why, because I'm teaching you that when you clean your space, you start to feel better. Let's talk about this in terms of anxiety. 
If any of you out there have ever really struggled with anxiety and you look around your space and your space is cluttered, it probably adds significantly to your anxiety without you even realizing it. And it doesn't mean that a cluttered desk is a sign. I mean, a cluttered desk is a sign of genius. I love that. I always had a cluttered desk as a professor. I love to say that. But the truth is a cluttered desk gives your brain more stimuli to look at and then process. So it's more on your brain. When you have a clear space, you can have more of a clear mind. Teaching your children to clean their rooms because it's not for you. It's not for anyone else. It's for them to have a clear space. A clear space helps them to feel more peace on the inside. Again, think about what your true message is. I always want my message for my daughter to be, what is best for you? And what is best for you sometimes means doing that which takes more discipline and it takes more self-discipline. But by teaching our children self-discipline, we are giving them the fundamentals to be successful. Everyone who has succeeded in life and and becomes uh, and really achieves what they wanted to achieve in life, they did so through some form of self-discipline. So teaching your children that self-discipline is a lasting lesson. That's why I would strongly advocate for you, Paula, to really teach your daughter why you want her to clean her room. Here's why I want you to call me, 866-391-1020. I'd love to hear from you. I think when we dialogue, we have a chance to talk it out more, and we can really get into it as as deeply as you'd like to get. 866-391-1020. You might have children who are struggling using, uh, you know, overusing prescription drugs and say, what do I do? You might have children who are getting in trouble right now at school and say, what do I do? How do I handle this? Maybe you're wondering what to say to a colleague. Maybe you're really upset with a colleague and you don't know how to handle it. The number is 866-391-1020. Maybe you just lost a loved one. Maybe you're dealing with death. Maybe you are maybe you just got cheated on in a relationship and you're so upset about it. This is the show where I want to help you with any of that. 866-391-1020 is a number. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Hey, this is Emotional Management. The number is 866-391-1020. The lines are open. Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com, and you can send me an email, or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. I definitely want to take a moment to uh, extend uh, gratitude to everyone who listens to this show. I'm so grateful. I know some people listen week in and week out. And if you're, this is your first time you're listening, I appreciate it. If you listen every week, I appreciate it. I uh, love what I do. I feel blessed to be in this position. If you want to talk to me, the number is 866-391-1020. So I, did, uh, I do a YouTube channel. And uh, it amazes me. It just blows my mind. You're able to make a video in your home and and thousands of people see it. Um, I actually have a parenting video where more than a million people saw it. Hundreds of thousands of people have seen some of the other videos. It just blows my mind. It's very humbling. I also believe that with that comes the honor of saying, I want to put my best into whatever I do. I feel like on my end, I want to give the world my best. It's very interesting because you're going to hear comments that are just all over the place. But I had talked earlier about the uh, 
<laughs> I talked earlier about the cartoon world. And I like reading. I like reading some of the negative comments because well, I like sharing them with you because I want you to see if there if you're out there and you're struggling, saying, "Well, so and so talked about me," or if you're out there and let's say you you have uh, people talking negatively about you on social media, I want to show you by example how to not let it bother you. So I had someone write in, and of course it was an anonymous thing. And they said, you're a doctor, question mark, question mark. Uh, you should have uh, listed your credentials on this video. You know it's illegal to say you're a doctor when you're not. And so I just cracked up laughing. Like I literally just burst out laughing uh, reading that because it's so funny, A, that the person didn't check to see that I actually do have a PhD. And it's really funny, too, that the whole idea of I don't fit that stereotype. So when we, when you hear things from people, my hope is that you don't take it personally, that you understand people only give you what they have inside. No one. And, and I love for you to share this with your children. I would love for you to share this message with your children. If you're a young person listening, I really want to reach in your heart and have you feel this message. No one in the history of the world who is in a place of complete peace is going to say anything mean to you. It just doesn't happen. When people are at peace, they're not going to lash out at you. When it comes to pursuing what you want to do in life, no one who is more successful than you is going to tell you that you can't do something. It just doesn't happen. When you find people who are doing really well, they are only encouraging. It's only people who are struggling who want to think, look, I'm not the only one who's struggling. So it's got to be you too. Um, and, and I think that's really a message I want you to hear. It's okay for people to say what they say. It's more on you to be able to deal with it in a different way. So I have a couple books out. One of the books I have is called life lessons. Um, and in life lessons, it's one to two page stories with a lesson. And one of my stories is called from Rigel, Orion doesn't exist. And if you think about that constellation, Orion, when you look up at the belt of Orion in the sky, it's, you see those three stars, uh, Orion was the hunter in Greek mythology and, uh, so when you look up in the sky and you see that constellation, it's a very recognizable constellation. But if you think about it, the brightest star in the middle of that belt there, Rigel, um, and I could be mispronouncing, it could be Regal, um, R-I-G-E-L, but from that brightest star, if you traveled to that star, you actually couldn't see that constellation anymore. So think about that. In our galaxy, in our galaxy, there are more than hundred billion stars and in there are more than two trillion galaxies and when you in our own sun we could make up a constellation like our sun could be making up a constellation to some distant beings and we could be something that we'll never be able to see from our vantage point now here's the reason why i share that story with you from the vantage point uh in one vantage point the problems that you have might be really, really big and they might be weighing you down. You might really put a lot of stock into someone who says really mean things to you. You might put a lot of stock in someone who's gossiping about you or criticizing you, but from an entirely different vantage point, when you can travel 
to another star, when you can travel to another vantage point, you don't have to see things the same way. So when I see these comments that are negative, like I'm like, I I smile because it's okay. Like I can take myself lightly and B I, I share them because I want you to see like, it's okay for people to say something negative and you're still okay. And I don't want to uh, discount at all that there are just hundreds and even thousands at this point of comments that are kind and, and loving. So I really genuinely appreciate that. Okay. So now on to the video that I made this week, I made a video this week that is something I'm so excited to share with people. I talk about it in my book, but it is, uh, it's a video that is something I've been wanting to make for a while. It's called the box anger management, the box. And it is uh, a lesson that I taught our daughter when she was young, when she was five years old, uh, she came home with a pamphlet and the pamphlet said, this is the truth. So she asked me, she said, daddy, this must be the truth, right? Cause it says, this is the truth. So I took her upstairs to her playroom and I, I put a big box in front of her and I had her lie on her stomach and close her eyes. And remember she was only five years old and I had her close her eyes and I, I put a big box in front of her and I put objects, different objects around the box. So when she opened her eyes, I said, what do you see? She said, I see a, my little pony. I said, that's awesome. Is that truth? And she said, yes, it's truth. There is a, my little pony there. Wonderful. So I said, is it true that there's a, my little pony on every side of the box? And being only five years old, she said, yes. So I had her slide over so she could see two sides of the box. And I had a little book set up on the other side. So she said, oh, it's a book. I said, that's okay. Just because there's a book on this side, does it make it any less true that there's a My Little Pony on the other side? No, it's still truth, right? Yes. So then I said to her, is it true that there's a book and a My Little Pony on the other two sides? And my daughter at only five years old said, now, daddy, I don't know. And I said, that's it. When you learn to understand that what people see might very well be truth, that's their side of the box. That's their side of their box. That might very well be truth to them, but that doesn't necessarily tell the story for the entire box. So this lesson is powerful because when you listen to people, people speak with such certainty. But Robert Burton, who's a neuroscientist and wrote about, uh, did a lot of research around 30 years of research around certainty has demonstrated that when we feel certain about things and people, let's take religious beliefs, people feel so certain about what they believe. This is absolute truth that actually doesn't take place in your cognitive or thinking part of your brain that takes place in the emotional part of your brain. So that's the part of your brain that lights up the emotional part. And it's why people get so angry when others disagree with them because they're like, no, this is right. I know this is absolute truth. But when you really think about the essence of what we are as human beings, we are constant learners. Every single person is happy to say the words and give lip service to, we still have more to learn. But then whenever it comes time to actually being challenged on what we believe, we say, nope, what I know is true. So this concept of the box is powerful because the more we learn to understand that people, what people are seeing is just a different side. And instead of arguing, think, okay, that's what you're seeing from your side. Here's what I'm seeing from my side. And that's okay. Once we're learned to accept that, we're okay with that. Look, you might be arguing with somebody in your life right now and say, I don't know how to see their side of the box. That's what I want to help you deal with. So 866-391-1020 is that number. And you could call me. We still have time on this show to talk about it. But let's say you're dealing with someone and you say, I don't know how to, I don't know how to see their side of the box. I don't want to see their side of the box. I want them 
they cartoon world, they should be seeing my side of the box. And I can understand that frustration. I can certainly understand that. But at the end of the day, the real world is that they're not seeing your side. And if you really want to understand where they're coming from, you're going to have to seek first to understand. Easier said than done, but there are ways to do it. 866-391-1020 is the number. Happy to talk to you. We have time um, to to talk about this. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. This is the show where you got to hear my ukulele skills earlier. Hey, we're going to go to the phone lines. David, you're on KDKA Radio. A uh, new student in college just want to make sure that his teacher's not teaching socialism in place of economics. Wow, we lost that call. Um, look, this is the show where you got to hear my ukulele. I just don't want to, I don't want to forget, I don't want you to lose that. I want you to remember that. Uh, I broke it down. I did it. My grandma Jay would be so proud to know she's smiling down on me right now saying, I knew it. I knew you would be on the radio one day singing. <laughs> look, when it comes to, uh, we've been getting a couple texts and uh, emails about Paula and saying, with the, with the mother who wrote in about her daughter not listening. And, you know, this is, so let's go. We got an unnamed one that said, you're supposed to be your kid's parents, not their friends. So this is a right automotive text. It says, you're supposed to be your kid's parents, not their friends. Um Man, to that lady, let your children know there are rules in life that you're going to always have to follow. So prepare your child for that reality of life now. And cleaning your room is not a choice. It's a requirement. Hello. Wow. All right. I love that text, though. No, I love that because uh, you are are absolutely right. There's a point here that is absolutely right, which is you want to prepare your children for the reality of life now. And that's what we're doing as parents. It's our job to prepare our children for life. And look, they're not always go- all we our huge lesson for our children is you are not always going to get everything that you go after. But that doesn't mean to not go after it. It's in the striving that we learn so much about ourselves. Look, there are gargoyles on the outside of churches. And oftentimes when I ask people, why do you think there are gargoyles on the outside of churches? People will say, well, they're there because uh, they're supposed to scare off evil spirits. And that's not true. That is not the origin of gargoyles. The origin of gargoyles is this. If on the inside of the church is the Christ consciousness. If this is the, the, this is the essence of what you are going to see, this is your most sacred space. Then to get there, you've got to be willing to face things that are challenging and have the courage to walk through that, to get to that. And when you really understand the origin of why those gargoyles are there, it kind of gives it all the extra depth of meaning as you walk into a place realizing, okay, I'm crossing through this threshold. Now, why do I tell you that? I tell you that because there are psychological gargoyles in life. There are things that we're going to, they're going to be difficult. They're going to be challenging. And to be able to walk through that stuff and say, you know what? I'm okay. So I was talking the other day with someone who was uh, telling me, he said, well, what about this whole, uh, you know, they're not keeping score in games like that. And I said, listen, I I am not for that whatsoever. I think we absolutely want to keep score. The difference is. Can we teach our children that you are not wrong or bad if you lose a race? You All that happens, if you race someone, this is the lesson we want to teach our children. If you race someone and you lose that race, 
The only thing that means is that in that race, the other person was faster than you were. That's it. It doesn't mean they're always faster. It doesn't mean they always will be faster. It doesn't mean they're a better person than you. It doesn't mean they're better at other things than you. It just means they're faster in that race. See, the more accurate we are in our language, the more we can actually deal with whatever is in front of us. So, I, you know, I think when it comes to Paula talking to your children and your daughter about uh, cleaning her room, being accurate, like this is you cleaning this room is not, not going to hurt you. Now, there's also has to be a consequence. So my four C's of parenting, which I outline in my book, Zen Parent, Zen Child, uh, my four C's of parenting are choices, consequences, consistency, and compassion. In other words, I always want to teach uh, children there is a choice because there is, there's always a choice. So in other words, um, uh, you know, I like the, the only piece of that, uh, that last text that I would say that I would offer a different perspective on is this. There is a choice, but there's going to be a consequence. So if you choose not to clean your room, there's going to be a consequence. Um, and there's going to be a consequence that's going to, you know, that you're going to say, I don't like this consequence. So it's going to motivate me to want to make it the most effective choice for me. So there's a choice. So maybe the consequence is there's no t- 12 years old. There's no TV for the next two days. So if you choose not to clean your room, there's no TV for the next two days. Now, consistency. We're going to follow through on that. Notice if I say there's no TV for the next month and then I give in after 25 days, well, I just taught my child that my word isn't my bond. What I say isn't real because I'm going to give in. But if I can make it two days and actually follow through with that two days, then the most important lesson I just conveyed to my children is when I say it, it goes. If I say something, I'm going to follow through. And although parents struggle with this, this is something I really would love to teach. This is a really valuable lesson, actually. Um, If you can understand that the perception of the consequence is actually more important than the actual consequence. So in other words, the fact that your child perceives that you will follow through with what you say, that's so much more important than whether or not you take away the television for a week or say you're grounded for a month and then give in after a certain period of time. It's more important to be consistent so they learn what you say goes. So choices, consequences, consistency, I'm following through, I'm going to follow through, and then compassion. And the reason why I say compassion is this. When you yell and scream at your children, here's what happens. And this is just basic science. This is 2019, so we are not living in 1950 right now. So although I appreciate that people might say, well, I was yelled at and nothing's wrong with me, I disagree and I have neurological evidence to back this up. What we see in neurological scans is this. When you scream at a child, their limbic system, specifically their amygdalae, their center of their fight or flight response, the two little almond uh, pieces look like two little almonds in your brain, they light up. So now when you're yelling, their brain is interpreting that as a threat. And so now they are fight or flight response has been triggered and they are much more likely to respond, respond as though they're being threatened. Whereas if you simply talk to them, the frontal cortex, the higher level thinking part of their brain is activated. I can't tell you how many parents through the years have said to me, 
Man, I yelled at my children so many times they still don't get it. It's because you're talking to the wrong part of the brain. If you really want to bank on the reality of science, of observable science that we can see right now, when you yell at your children, you're, uh, you're eliciting that fight or flight response. So now they're not using their higher level thinking skills to problem solve. When you talk to them and trust me, talking to children doesn't mean you're not going to be consistent. In matter of fact, you can be highly consistent by simply talking about it. A lot of people say, well, if I don't yell, I don't get heard. Well, that's because you've taught your children that when you yell, you're not going to, you're not going to follow through. So uh, if you start yelling now, they think you're going to follow through. Look, if I say, if you choose to do that, you're going to get this consequence. I can say it in a whisper because the only point that matters from my perspective is that when I say it and then it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, then it goes because guess what? As a parent, I am constantly teaching my daughter about me and I'm teaching her how to treat me and I'm teaching her about the world. And the same is true for you. If you're a parent, you're teaching your children about you, you're teaching them how to treat you and you're teaching them about the world. Look, the police officer that pulls them over for speeding isn't going to say, oh, you know what? Oh, you didn't, you didn't mean to be speeding? Okay, I'm going to let you go. No, they're going to get that ticket because that's life. Life is that consequence. When they don't show up for work, their boss isn't going to say, you know what? Oh, you, you meant to be here. Oh, okay, well, then let me just give you that raise anyway. No, you don't show up for work. You're going to get fired. So life is going to give you consequences. So why not teach them now? Here's what happens. When people yell, when you yell, when you scream, you actually, you give the kind of consequences that you feel bad about. You feel shame for yelling and screaming and losing control yourself. It's always ironic to me when people lose control, have no self-discipline, and then magically expect their children to somehow have self-discipline. So you scream, you yell, and then you wonder why your children aren't getting this message because you're not teaching to them. Stop, talk to them, recognize you're a teacher. Hey, 866-391-1020 is the number. Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkradio.com. And you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDK Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Hey, this is Emotional Management Monday night. What a beautiful night to talk about your emotions. Talking about it. See, that's the thing. Listen, I love that. We got another text and it said, I bet you wanted to tell that mother she better just knock her children upside the head. That's funny. No, I really don't want to say that. I'll give you my best. I will give you my best answers, and I will tell you what's really on my mind. I actually don't even joke about that kind of stuff because I've seen so much. 20 years specializing in in working with people convicted of violent crimes, I saw such awful stuff. Um, and I saw people really just missing the point when it comes to parenting that our job is to teach our children. And I think it's interesting that when we teach our children one thing, and then expect them to know something else. For instance, uh, so watch this. I just spoke in uh, Vegas uh, this past week. And what do they have out in Las Vegas but the slot machines? They got the casinos out there. Of course, they're all over now. But in, in Vegas, they're known for that. So one of the uh, principles that built Las Vegas is called variable level of uh, variable ratio reinforcement. So variable ratio 
uh, reinforcement. Here's what that means. If you put a uh, coin in the slot machine and you win and you do it every time, every time you put the coin in the slot machine and you get something back out, then of course you're just going to keep putting it in because you're going to go, of course, I'm getting it every time. If you put a coin in and you never get something out, you're not going to want to keep doing it. So obviously the first way is not going to make money for, for Vegas. They're just going to give away all their money. They wouldn't be able to survive. The second way is not going to make money for them either because no one's going to want to do it. So what do they do? You put a quarter in, you get something back. You put a quarter in four more times, you get nothing. Maybe randomly on the fifth time, you get something. And then nothing for two more times and then something for three more times. Variable ratio. You never know when it's going to hit. And because you never know when it's going to hit, it's a stronger level of reinforcement. So coupled with some other wonderful psychological tricks Vegas does, which is doesn't put windows in, but it's really loud, busy carpets and keeps music. So you have no idea what time of the day it is. And it always feels like the same kind of day and busyness. You just keep going. You just keep playing. But let me come back to that variable reinforcement. Here's what happens. If we never know when the slot machine's going to hit, we keep playing. We keep playing. Now let's flip this to parenting. Your child says, can I have this toy at the store? And you say, no. Can I have this toy? No. Can I have this toy? No. And she says it over and over and over again until finally you feel kind of embarrassed. So you say, just get the toy. And now what you have taught your child is go ahead and ask me 18 times because I'm going to give in on the 18th time. Now you, and for years I would have people come to therapy and say, well, she just keeps asking. She doesn't know how to handle no. Well, because you've taught her that you're going to give in. Think about this if you are give in and you say, well, just don't play your video game. Don't play your video game. Oh, I don't care. Just play your game. Just get out of my hair. Well, you've just taught them keep asking. You gave a variable ratio reinforcement. That's what Vegas was built upon. And it's in Vegas, they make a lot of money. What you're teaching your children by not being consistent is to go ahead and just keep asking. You're teaching them that it's okay to continually harp on you. Now, it's easy. It's the easy road to blame your children. Well, they just don't get it. They're just not listening. But the truth is you're teaching them that. So what can you do? You can start making your word what you mean. So when you say it, you mean it. Now, here's what happens. When you go to take back your credibility, when you go to take back your consistency, it can be very difficult. In fact, we have a tendency, it's called enantiodromia, to go from one extreme to the other. So you might say, I'm so sick of letting you get away with everything. I'm not going to let you get away with anything. And we get really angry. So then we say, that's it. I'm taking that away for a month. And then we can't follow through with it. So again, we lose that credibility. For me, it is better for you as parents to take away something for 15 minutes and actually follow through than it is for you to take it away for a month and give in after 25 days because we want to teach our children that what we say we mean. This is one of the most profound things you can ever really learn as a parent. What you say goes, but the only way they're going to learn that is if you teach it to them. So that's the, that's the deal as a parent. We have to come back to our teaching. So it's interesting because 
having done this for so long and put on parenting seminars and things like that through the years, I remember years, years ago, I was actually in Nevada and I was doing a parenting seminar. And so, uh, per, I was, a there were a, a bigger crowd and somebody said, so you're saying we're all to blame. We're to blame for everything. And the lady got really hurt and she was like, so you're just saying we're all to blame. So that's it. So it's just our children are all innocent. We're all to blame. And my challenge for people who go from that one extreme to the others who were there now they're saying, well, now you're just saying I'm all to blame. Now there's no responsibility because you come back to saying, well, see, it's one extreme to the other. I would say, let's get rid of the extremes. Let's come back to accurate language and let's realize that what you're saying is literally teaching your children. You are teaching your children about the world and the message I wanted to teach tonight, especially to my daughter, is that anything is possible. Anything is possible. And that is why I brought my ukulele in tonight, because I wanted to be able to say, look, as your daddy, I played on the radio. Listen, I love being here with you every week, every Monday night, and I'll continue to be here with you Every Monday night, you can always call to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020. Maybe I'll make a ukulele ukulele jingle about that too. But as always, more than anything, I definitely wish you much peace. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. All right. Kick it. See, I'm all about, there it is, kick it. I should have said it at the same time. I've only been listening to that song since I was in about seventh grade. You'd think I'd have it down by now. Especially with my ukulele playing tonight. Look, anything can happen. You can achieve anything. I really did bring that ukulele in. It's somewhat to be funny, but also just to kind of show, I really wanted to show my daughter, look, yes, I'm joking, but at the same time, it's possible. There's always a way. Where there's a will there is a way. I believe you can do anything you want to do, but it does take effort. It does take work. Look, I had a young person tell me uh, recently that they wanted to speak because I'm a professional speaker. So, you know, I'm flown all over the country. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, job. I'm very grateful and blessed for what I do. But I said, look, if you think this is easy, uh, the other day I was in a prison and we were, I was supposed to speak. And I thought that I was only going to speak for 45 minutes and I'm standing in front of 100 inmates, and somebody said, uh, no, 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 you have two hours. So I had to be you know, on, really provide good information, you know, make it entertaining so people can really listen. But it was an extra hour, and I had less than 30 seconds to add that content of an extra hour in there. So speaking isn't just about memorizing a speech or, or, or putting on a performance. It's about really knowing your content. I think I was inspired by... Uh, speakers, watching speakers uh, when I was younger. Uh, But the ones that really inspired me are the ones who lived their message. And I really do believe that if you want to be great at something, you've got to live that message because people can spot it if you don't. So living your, put effort, master your craft. You're mastering what you practice. So put effort into whatever you want to do. I was just talking about this with Rob Pratt. You know Rob Pratt on KDK Radio. He's awesome. He got to be awesome by doing his craft time and again. You'll be great at whatever you do, but practice it time and again. The more you practice, the better you get at it. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Every Monday night, emotional management on KDKA Radio. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. 
Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.